I read comics. Show 70, Iron Man Review. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you have not seen Iron Man and you are going to go see Iron Man, stay through all of the, the credits. credits. You all. have to stay to the very end. In the same way X Men did, X Men uh-huh. Three did their little thing. There is the most amazing <laughs> thing. Okay, so now spoiler alert. Yeah, this is the big spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen the movie, shut it off now. Go see the movie. Come back. Yeah. Okay, now you're back. <laughs> So, general impressions? I loved it. I thought it was a really, really good movie. It was fantastic. And I was hearing friends, that, you know, even before I could shut them up and say, Don't tell me! <laughs> they would say, best movie since Batman Begins, or maybe better than Batman Get- Begins, or Spider-Man. And, and I have to agree, it's right up there. It's a really, really good movie for many, many different reasons. I think they finally made a good superhero movie that wasn't just a superhero movie. Yeah. It had really good casting, yep. had a really good plot. It had really good special effects, and plus it was a superhero movie, so it was all of those things together and not just a superhero movie. I agree. I think that in the same way that Batman Begins became a story about personal uh, mission in life and and discovering who you really are, searching for a higher purpose, that's kind of what Tony Stark goes through here. Mm -hmm. And it it is amusing that in a way, Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark are are almost the same character. They are, but their personalities are polar opposites. Very different, right. <laughs> right. But there are these playboy billionaires mm-hmm. who uh, become these tech- technologically driven superheroes. I just thought the casting of Robert Downey Jr. was the most perfect thing about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. If it hadn't been him, I don't know if it would have been half the movie that it was. Right. I can't imagine anybody else in that role. I agree. He was, he was great. I mean, I think it was on one of the podcasts when we saw the first trailer mm-hmm. for this last year first teaser and it was Robert Downey Jr. and we just I think we even commented on the podcast that we were so excited because it was him yeah and he's a really really good actor yes it's funny I was telling you that I rewatched Daredevil recently right um, because it was so bad and I watched it with the the Rift Tracks Mystery Science Theater overlay which is the only way you can really watch it and that movie fails on so many levels Yes. In the way that this movie succeeds on so many levels, and partly the reason that Daredevil sucks is because Ben Affleck is terrible. Terrible He's actor. He's just a bad actor. He can't yeah. act. Yes. And to be a, a guy who's, you know, like superheroes driven to do good, and they, they really want to save the world, and you have someone like Ben Affleck who basically is a piece of wood, it just doesn't work. <laughs> you can't do it. So you have Robert Downey who is so full of life and energy and, and has such an expressive face. Yeah. You really get a read off of what he's doing and his eyes are really big and intense and he's just there on the screen. There, I loved how he, throughout the movie, was able to be the playboy who could give a fuck that he was killing the world to become this guy who really cared mm-hmm. and then went, uh, and try, wanting genuinely to do something different and, and you know stop the, the evil things he'd set in motion. But more than that, his his relationship with um, Pepper Potts. Mm -hmm. And even in the end, when you think, oh, they're going to get together, it doesn't happen. And yet he's still the same. He kind of wants her and kind of doesn't. And they played that so nicely. And I like that they didn't get together in the end because that would have been the Hollywood ending. Definitely. And and I think that little conversation that they have right at the end was a real nod to Spider-Man where he's saying to her, don't you want to be the girlfriend of the superhero who's all conflicted, who's all angsty and, (laughs) you know, likes me even more because I'm this superhero? I mean, that that is kind of the classic situation. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that the cast, her, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow's great, but... I wasn't sure what mm-hmm. I was going to think with her as her in this role, and she was great. She was she really, was really good. And it was funny that you asked me at the end, you said, that was Jeff Bridges as the bad guy? Like, I had no idea the whole movie. He was really, really good. Yeah. It was a great role for him. He was fantastic. Um, so, to recap the plot very quickly, right. it is the classic origin story of Iron Man where he... Uh, in the comics, it was obviously a much earlier period, but he's in a war situation. He gets shrapnel in his heart and has to build this thing to keep him alive, which is basically like a pacemaker because they can't take the shrapnel out. Right. And then he goes back and he decides to change Stark Industries, which is what made him a billionaire, um, from a war machine into something to provide a better life for people. Mm-hmm. And is 
um, tried tried to people, someone's trying to stop him in every step of the way. And right. spoiler, it turns out to be his partner in the business. Yeah, his well, his, his mentor, his right? His mentor, his, yeah. His dad's partner it was his dad's partner, played by Jeff Bridges, and um, he beats him up in the end. <laughs> they <laughs> beat wins. each other up. They beat each other up. Which was awesome. Now, I, I noticed they didn't say this in the movie, but um, when you get the toys at Burger King, mm-hmm. that costume that Jeff Bridges wears is called the Ironmonger. Hmm. <laughs> it has a name. That's funny. So they didn't say it at all in the movie, but that's what the official name of that suit was. Right. So so the one he was wearing in the end was Mach 3, or Mark 3, right? Because yes. Because the very original was Mark 1. Yep. And then, then the, the gold one that didn't really work very well was Mark, Mark II. II. Okay, so he's wearing Mark III. Which is the beautiful red and gold one, yeah. which is just so... With hot rod oh, red. Oh, <laughs> man. It looked so good. They did a wonderful job of translating from Fantastic. the comic to, yes. to movie. I think that that was such a critical element that mm-hmm. had they gotten it even the slightest bit wrong, it, it, the movie wouldn't have been good. Nope. Because you need... It's in the same way that they got the Hulk CGI in the, very first, in the first Hulk so wrong. And it just kills the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he was too big, and he was too, like, bulgy. I mean, there were all sorts of things that were just wrong. And, and I think that they just, they, they've spent the right amount of money and time and energy to make this right. Definitely. So, a couple of podcasts ago, I read that very interesting article that you gave me by mm-hmm. Michael Chabon about um, superhero costumes. Yeah. And, and I agree with his point that when you put a real costume on a person like a spandex thing, it's never going to quite look right. And even in the movies, yep. it's still questionable. But when you have a suit, like an Iron Man suit, yeah. it gives you all kinds of freedom to make it look like the comic book, which is essentially a thing that can't exist in real life. Like, you could never have anything that looked like that because right. it's it's a fantasy. Yep. It's better than reality. I wonder if that's why, you know, Superman may just never be as good as, you know reading the comics mm-hmm. whereas Batman there's more suit to well, his there, suit. and there's more stuff I mean yeah. he's got gadgets, gadgets and tools and, stuff, and the car and Superman's the... just some spandex and a muscular body <laughs> and, and as much as Brennan uh, and Ruth was hot underneath that suit it was still just some spandex yeah and in Iron Man I mean it's kind of cool because you never even it lets you really make the separation right between the the secret identity and the superhero mm-hmm. because you never you don't even see Tony Stark except maybe twice with his helmet up yep. the rest of the time you're just projecting all of these awesome powers onto this mm-hmm. suit the suit is the Iron suit, Man the suit is Iron Man to- well I guess it couldn't be Iron Man without Tony Stark but uh, I don't know I, I thought that the um, the way they had his robots in, in his um, studio or his work his lab helping him build the suit and, and just the robots were hilarious it was such a nice um, humorous element mm-hmm. it's so light and yet you know they were obviously important they weren't mm-hmm. just thrown in there for the heck of it yeah. they were I like the fact that Jarvis, in classic yeah. Marvel style, is, is a robot. Yeah. It's a computer a that computer runs everything. System. Yeah, that was, that was cool. fantastic. That was really, really good. Yeah, it was. I I love the fact that it's a movie. The Iron Man story relies so heavily on technology, and um, in this universe, technology is friendly. And I think they mm-hmm. went to a good uh, length to do that in his laboratory. Like the the robots and the computers in his lab are very friendly. Yeah. They're there to help you. They're not yeah. evil robots right. that are going to take over and do the wrong thing at the wrong time. Like the one that at the very critical moment when he's had his heart pacemaker taken mm-hmm. out, you know, he can't reach the old one. The I think he calls him Butterfingers jokingly, mm-hmm. but like comes over and it, see and helps. It gives it to him without yeah. being asked. So uh, that is a very interesting theme in this movie. I was thinking about this a lot as it went through because it it I think. Um, subverted some things that you see a lot in movies. So, for one thing, in this movie, the U.S. government were the good guys. Yeah. How rare is that, that you see a movie where, you know, especially the military or the right. CIA branch, the spooks, are, are the good guys. And he's, he's friends with them. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow, that's cool. Yeah. So, I like that a lot. And they really made the point that... Um, it's not the technology that's good or bad. It's what people do with it. Yep. And I think the robot issue bore that out. You know, yeah. the, the giant iron monger suit is not a bad thing in and of itself. But when the wrong person is using it, then, it's, right. then it's being used for a bad purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole issue with the weapons. You know, he, there's a lot of the movie that's up front with him talking about the weapons making the world a safe place. It's mm-hmm. making it a peaceful place. And, yeah, that's true. But when the weapons are in the hands of the wrong people, that's when things are bad. Right. You know, like. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Right. Which is so. You know the salute. How do you keep that from happening? You know you can't stop 
weapons falling into the wrong hands. It's, you just can't. Right. It's never going to happen, so you have to stop making them or do something else. Right. And that's and what he that's realizes. That's what he decides he has yeah. to do is not first eliminate his weapons mm-hmm. and destroy those in the hands of the wrong people. And then uh, we still weren't kind of we still weren't really given what what he plans to do with Stark Industries to make it better. It would have been a nice, I don't know, filling of the gap. Just uh, to know, okay, well, because we know he ma- maintains his billionaire status because he goes on to fund the, well, the Avengers. The Avengers, <laughs> and um, but his stock took fifty-three point dip. <laughs> That's pretty big. Yep. So I'm curious, like, what he, he clearly, in, in the same way that Bruce Wayne um, resurrects his company in the end of Batman Begins, mm-hmm. Tony Stark must do that. Well, there's clearly going to be mm-hmm. either an Iron Man two or talking about <laughs> we do the last last 10 seconds of the movie uh, he comes home after his big press conference admitting that he's, he's Iron, Iron Man, Man which was the greatest thing ever so awesome it was really so cool so awesome and such ego I mean it just <laughs> this Tony Stark you know not playing by the rules yep. too proud of what he's done to, yep. not, to keep it a secret and he walks in and, and Nick Fury's there <laughs> yeah. saying what did you think you were the only superhero yep. uh, have you ever heard of the Avengers yep. and so I really hope they make the oh, Avengers movie. I mean, I've been so wanting cool. a group superhero team movie mm-hmm. for a long time, and everything's everyone has kind of been talking about this JLA movie, which is just going to suck because they're doing it the wrong way. Um, but Avengers, I mean, if you, if you pull in, I, I doubt they'd pull in Tobey Maguire again, but it sounds like they're going to keep get Tony Stark in it. Oh. How awesome! I mean, uh, Robert Downey Jr. How awesome would it be to have? You know, well, Spider-Man was never really an official. Hey, but he he was in, he was in and out of the Avengers right. for a long time. He was sort of That's like right. the special help just, that they needed. And I'm sure that they would, you know, well, who else have they done? Well, they so they would need uh, Captain America, yeah. absolutely. Um, Thor, if they could get somebody to right. be Thor, um, they could have Quicksilver and um, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch, because they they be joined cool. shortly after they formed it, and yep. then um, Giant Man slash Ant Man, Ant Man, right? And the Wasp. And the Wasp. That's yeah. right. And then uh, there was the, was it Black Widow? No, the she she was just uh, I can't remember which one. I'm just remembering the origin, the the what was it called, the origin story that they just retold recently in the comics. Anyway, she was just a sharpshooter type. Oh, I can't remember. Maybe Black Widow. Um, and oh, and the guy Hawkeye. Oh yeah, the absolutely guy. Hawkeye. Yeah, they have to have Hawkeye. So that's the thing. I mean, I, I feel like. They've been missing the boat on this for a long time, and it's especially true for Marvel, less so for DC, but one of the reasons that Marvel has so many faithful people is because there is a Marvel universe, yeah. and characters interact with each other, yeah. and they refer to each other, even if they're not in there. It, it so often happened in the comics where, you know, when the Fantastic Four would get a call, it's like, oh, can't right. the Avengers handle it? No, 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 they're all fighting somebody, right. you know, in Antarctica, so you guys have right. to do it. Or Spider-Man would swing in to help the Fantastic yeah. Four or whatever. I mean, they, they did cross over. That is the key. That is how yes. to keep this going and how to keep people coming because that's what people want to see. They yeah. want to see that universe. How cool would it be for some of the X-Men characters to <gasps> swing into the They should have that. Avengers they should movie. totally have that. I mean, they could just have Wolverine show up. I yeah. mean, now they've got this whole Wolverine franchise. Right. They're making a Wolverine movie and Magneto and everything. I and mean, they, they really need to do more of the crossover stuff. Even just cameos. Yeah, cameos is fine. It doesn't have to be the whole movie. But that little bit at the end with Nick Fury just fantastic. You know, it made it it, it signals a sequel of some sort, mm-hmm. and most likely uh, an, a new group movie. Because after the X Men three, I mean, I think everyone realized that X Men was done. Most of the actors are saying they wouldn't come on for a an additional one. Um, so the group hero movies, you know, that was the really big one, mm-hmm. only one, right? Well, yeah. unless I mean, Fantastic Four is four oh, people, but right. it's not a. But group they're not movie. doing another one, right? If I remember, I think that's right. So they have to do an Avengers movie. They just really have to do Fantastic it. Four. I just watched it too the other day. Um, yeah, I think the Avengers. I mean, that was my. So I was always a big DC fan, but the first. Foray, my first foray into Marvel was the Avengers, mm-hmm. and I loved the Avengers. There's so much and they the could West do. Coast There's Avengers. so much they could do with it, you know. And they've taken the Avengers through so many different 
pieces of history with people joining and now of course they have you know like the young avengers which yeah. is awesome amazing if and it the, just started up again right? yeah right they just um the new issues are just out so they could do that easily and yeah. still you know if they're tired of the old plot lines bring in some new avengers it's okay Absolutely. they can do that so uh, this was just such such a an interesting and exciting movie there was a lot of violence, but I noticed how careful they were to say that there were no injuries right. in that, you know, big showdown between the Ironmonger and right, Iron Man. Right. And nobody got hurt, which was good. I think that the thing that made this movie strong was that it was an origin story, and all the first kind of are, right? But it was an origin story where the the good guy isn't necessarily just goody two-shoes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in the same way that kind of think that Bruce Wayne is this conflicted character in the Batman series, um, but opposite of the way Spider-Man is. I mean, he's just a goody two-shoes, and, yep. and while I liked Spider-Man, and I liked Spider-Man 2, and, and 3 was not good, um, <laughs> it, it, you kind of, it's more interesting to watch a character become better. Mm-hmm. You know, become a better person and, and find his true calling or whatever and, and evolve. And so that's why I think Batman and, and Iron Man were particularly good movies. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, the thing about Tony, too, that... Um, and I'm pretty sure this was true in the comics as well. He, They show him at the beginning. He's a playboy. You know, he's fucking lots of different women. He's <laughs> right. drinking and funny. But everybody likes him. You know, yeah. he's, he's arrogant, but he's not an asshole. Right. Not really. Um, and even though he's defending his company as a maker of weapons, it's because he feels it's the right thing to do. It's mm-hmm. patriotic, mm-hmm. and it's keeping peace in the world and all the rest of it. When he finds out later on that um, his company has been selling weapons to the bad guys, right. he gets very, very upset about that. And that, I think, was a really good way to show that he does have morals and ethics, mm-hmm. you know, despite him seeming to be this playboy kind of guy. He wouldn't do that. That's not the kind of thing he would do, and he wants to stop it when he sees it's happening. Right. I think there, just um, one of the things that I think helps him uh, change, make this change, is not just the captivity sequence and his three months in captivity, but the death of his his, his friend, his friend yeah. which is such an Uncle Ben moment from yeah. Spider-Man, where he's, you know, with great responsibility comes great power, whatever. Um, this guy says, don't waste your life. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make my death in, for, for nothing. And, and I think that, in a way, I was a little cheesed out because it was such the exact same thing that happened in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it, it does provide some rationale for why he becomes a better person. Yeah. And, and for him, for Tony, it's seeing the effect of what his business does. Yeah. He leaves such, such a sheltered lifestyle. He's thro- literally thrown into, into the middle of the consequences. The effects, right. And that's what he needed to see. Yep. To see all the people, the good guys and the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is, of course, the stereotypical evil guy villain. <laughs> right. And I guess, you know, now that it's the modern world, so it used to be Nazis who were the bad guys, and then it was the Russians who that's were the right. bad guys. And now, now it's, it's, you know, anybody who's Afghan, Arab. Yeah, yeah. Arab. Arab people, Middle Eastern people, so. But the fact that they're tying it to Afghanistan makes it sort of okay, <laughs> I <laughs> right. guess. You know. I don't know. I, I still have trouble with, you know, just that there were, that there are bad guys, right? I mean, the U.S. outside of the U.S. is considered bad guys Definitely. because they have all these weapons and yeah. use them against weaker forces. Mm-hmm. So here they have in Afghanistan this kind of warlord type guy, which they didn't really explain. They called them the, the something of the Tin Rings. I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure it ties back to the comics somehow or something, and it's probably morphed a little bit, mm-hmm. but this guy had this big ruby yeah, ring on or yeah. something. So he is just a powerful guy with big weapons that he's acquired through various means, using them on weaker people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's all kind of the same, and so I, I think that they played a little bit too much on the fact that he was um, Middle Eastern, therefore must just, he's a bad guy. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, they, they at some point in a movie like this, they have to set up some villains, and because yeah. they didn't want to introduce any super villains in a right. movie like this, like, you know, Doctor Doom That's or right. anybody else who might be there, they had to go with something um, in the real world, right. and this was the closest thing at hand. Right. Yeah, I think that... Uh, the real world villain and then you have the supernatural villain in a way which is Jeff Bridges becoming Ironmonger which you know without that in a a way it was so over the top but without that it wouldn't have been you wouldn't have the big showdown you Mm -hmm. wouldn't have had the um, 
the movie. I mean, I think that that that, lap, that ten minute fight scene or whatever it was really does make the movie uh, exciting. Yeah. Because oh. my one criticism is I wanted more of that. Yes. I wanted more Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that was a lot of people said about Batman Begins is more Batman. Mm-hmm. Like it was so you had the forty five minutes leading up to where he goes through his vision quest mm-hmm. and whatever, and then you have him fight. You know, him becoming Batman. Some. And even, and even then, there's so much plot development back in Gotham. The same thing happened here. Mm-hmm. You have the whole first 30, 40 minutes where he's becoming, developing the Mark One. Then he goes home, and there's the whole plot development of... I mean, it's fun to watch him build the machine, but once it was built, it would have really, really been cool to see him use it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. There's, they, they always leave you wanting a little bit more, which yeah. is why they have to make sequels. Right, because, right. you know, if they had blown their load completely in this first movie, you wouldn't go to see a sequel, yeah. so... I, I get what they're trying to do, but yes, I, I wish there could have been a little more. But the sequences with him in the suit were fantastic, fantastic. really good. Exactly what I was looking for, which was, you know, power but grace and beauty at the same time. Mm-hmm. And even the animation of him flying around, where you just kind of see this little point of light that's going through the sky—that yeah. was great. We didn't see the thing that was maybe in the previews where they come up to punch and he's in the pose. It was in there. Okay, it was definitely, it. it was very quick though. Okay. I mean, they focus on it so much in the commercial and I think in the commercial it might have been even slowed down a little yeah. bit. It went by really fast okay. in the movie, but still there was a lot of that really just amazing looking stuff. Again, because it's a suit and not a guy right. in tights. Right. And you can do that sort of stuff and make it look graceful mm-hmm. and elegant at the same time as he's smashing somebody's face in, <laughs> right. which is what you want to see. That was that was really really cool. The the stuff that they did with his original suit, I thought was good too. Mm-hmm. Um, just the effect of him coming through this cave and kind of <laughs> swatting these guys to the side. That was cool. That was great. Uh, the one thing I wish would would have kind of been cool to see is so he's sitting there in the end after his arc whatever has given out. It would have been kind of cool for Pepper to run up there and literally take the other one out mm-hmm. of the other guy and put the new one in yeah. Tony. But, but we saw to, that once already, I guess. They had to put her in danger. Yeah. Of course. So I have to criticize the fact that in most of the second half of the movie, she's wearing the most ridiculous shoes <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I mean, come on. If you've got to have her running around, right. could you have not have put her in like more normal shoes and not a pencil skirt that doesn't <laughs> allow you know your feet to move more than three inches forward and three inches back? That was yeah. just bad. Yeah. And in a way, it fits what Tony would have his assistants wearing. But also, she she is a little bit more... I mean, she, she goes to his office to steal secrets in this suit, yeah. in this dress, and these high-heeled shoes. Really? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think so. I, that whole scene actually struck me as a little bit false. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't she be in his office, and why wouldn't she be using a memory stick to take stuff off his computer? She's his assistant. It's not like she has to sneak in there and do that. Right. That that seemed artificially created, and I have to say to filmmakers all over the world, I'm getting really, really tired of that, like the computer thing where someone's waiting for something to download. Could you not do that in movies anymore? Because right. it's just like I'm over that. It's happens it's a lot, all the time. Don't need to see it. We know. Why didn't she just send it to him wirelessly? Well, and it happened <laughs> twice in this movie. That's true because they were waiting at the beginning for his suit to power up. To power up. <laughs> so just a little fake suspense thrown in there. Didn't have to do it. And the way I looked at it is, why wouldn't Jarvis have been able to yeah. you know, hack into Tony's computer at the office, given that Tony set the system up? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, well. <laughs> flaws. There will always be flaws. Yeah. But And I swear, and I may be wrong, I'll have to, if I watch it again, I'll mm-hmm. report back. I thought when he's driving his Audi up to the benefit, it says Stark 6. And then on the back license plate, and then when he pulls up, it says Stark Four. Maybe someone who watches it after this can keep their eye out. It's the Audi, the silver Audi, when he pulls up to the benefit at the Disney Hall in L.A. That's what I thought. Okay, I saw. so just, I'll have to check. Know. I don't remember catching that as a as a flaw, but it could be. Although that's a pretty big continuity error, but you never know. You never could know. Still be there. So let me just talk a little bit about how beautiful Robert Downey Jr. is, mm-hmm. and we got to see a lot of him. <laughs> Um, with his great big muscly arms. He looks pretty good. He looks pretty fucking awesome, I gotta what say. Is, how old is he? In I don't 40s, know. He's right? probably in his 40s. But he looked great. He must have been working out pretty seriously to make the, this movie. The place where I noticed it was. So it's kind of weird when he was walking around and kind of thrusting out his, <laughs> his abdomen a little bit. Because anyway, it made his butt perk up, I guess, which is the intended <laughs> effect. And, but it was a little funny of a uh, posture. But what I really noticed was right um, 
on the side of your your upper abdomen when you're really really fit you get these like little ripples mm-hmm. i think that's the obliques but i'm not really sure but anyway it's these ripples that sit above your well just kind of under your armpit and under your pec and he had that that was pretty impressive when i saw that i was like whoa he worked out because totally. that you don't get those just from you know lifting weights for a little bit for a Roll. He must have been really fit for a long time. Yes. So I was just, I was really digging the fact that he looked so good. But it really, it looked weird. It looked to me, um, so they have that scene where Pepper Potts is helping him change the battery in his heart. And um, I I don't know if he has a hairy chest in real life or not, but he was certainly smooth for this movie. Yeah. And I guess they had to do that because of the whole fake surgery thing. It would have right. looked weird. Right. Probably a CGI thing that would have been harder to uh, animate on top of. Yeah. <laughs> that was rather amusing for her to have goop on her hands as she pulls it out. <laughs> that was good. There were I such, I mean, even in those intense moments, like in that intense moment, mm-hmm. there's this element of humor where, yeah. you know, he, she shocks him twice yeah. by accident. Mm-hmm. And, but that's so. just, I mean, I, I think he, he as an actor, as a person, his personality was kind of perfectly matched for what they Absolutely. were trying to do here. That even though he's very serious and passionate, he always has that overlay of, of humor on top of right. it. Right, right. Which is just great. Yeah. Just great. Oh, I want another movie right now. I know. Well, we don't have long to wait. We got a bunch of, not Iron Man, but we got all these other yeah. movies coming out this summer. I want an Avengers movie like tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to have to wait. It would for be it. awesome if they did Thor like they did Thor in the animated one. Did you see? You <laughs> no. Saw, no? Or maybe, it, never mind. Sorry, it wasn't the animated one. I'm totally making this up. But it was the comic <laughs> book. Uh, or, did I loan you the origin? What are they called? Yeah. The, um,. Marvel's, I'm totally blanking, and I shouldn't be blanking. Marvel's whole new origin, um, anyway. Ultimates? Yes, thank Ultimate you. Ultimate Thor? Yes, and he's all hippie. Like, he's uh, yeah. Like, that would be awesome. Well, you know, given the fact that Nick Fury is a black guy, yeah. at the end, it could be the Ultimates universe. Totally. I mean, I, I never read if there was an Ultimate, I don't know if there was an Ultimate Iron Man, or whether they gave him, that, like, a slightly different backstory for the whole yeah, Ultimates thing. I don't know. Thing. I, didn't I, I have that. no idea. So, um, I read a lot of the Ultimates. I don't think... So, I don't know if I remember one of those. But yeah, that would be cool. If, if that would be very cool. Um, I, I am glad that when they made this movie, they stuck to a, a certain conception of who Iron Man is supposed to be and didn't try to reflect anything that's happening in comics at this moment with Civil War and mm-hmm. Tony Stark being a real asshole. And, right. you know, like, there is no need to inflict that on a movie. Right. They just... Did a well, good job sticking to what. Well, and John Favreau talked a lot about how they looked at the various story arcs mm-hmm. and the most kind of elevated some and, and laid out which ones they really wanted to focus on mm-hmm. for this and what thematic elements they wanted to keep in it. And I think they did a good job. Mm-hmm. The other thing they did was they kept it um, simple, right? They didn't add. There was there was the one bad guy that kind of gave rise to Iron Man through the captivity, and then there was his partner but they didn't add you know they could have done a whole sort of a whole bunch of things where he had to fight um any number of other bad Mm -hmm. villains Mm -hmm. and i think that they kept it simple they kept the story streamlined in a way i mean they spent a lot of time building his character Mm -hmm. which is great i think that's why the movie was so good they didn't add all these plot elements in that could have just i think been tempting and yet really distracted from the movie yeah they it was a very clean straight ahead sort of thing and it moved along really well yeah you know, it, it's a little over two hours, I think, and it, it didn't feel like it. No, it went by all. pretty quickly. Oh wow! So I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna see this again. I think because I, I want to just revel in it a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I wasn't sure I'd been invited, and I wasn't sure it would be one that before we saw it that I would see again. But I definitely think I would see this movie again. Um, Danger Mark, who, what was the movie that he saw with us and podcasted? I think it was Spider Man Three. Spider-Man 3. Or maybe it was Fantastic Four, too. I don't remember. Spider-Man 3 or X-Men 3? Maybe. No, you and I saw X-Men 3. Anyway, he he has he's coming back to town and said that he might want to uh, see Iron Man and invited me and a couple friends, so it sounds like a good thing to do. Well, if see he doesn't it like it, you can kick him for me, because... If he doesn't like it, he's just not he's... my friend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I would agree with that. I think that... I, I haven't heard a bad review yet. I mean, I've been trying to steer clear of reading anything, but even the headlines that I've seen are all just all about how Iron Man is a really solid, good movie, and, and you know, they're right. I, I hope it makes a bazillion dollars just so they can go ahead and make the Avengers movie. Yes. 
Yes, that, that, that would be the best. The, the thing that they need to do. Um, a couple other things. Of course, there was a cameo by Stanley, which was pretty funny. <laughs> right, was as good. Hugh as Hefner. That was good. I like that. And then John Favreau was in the movie. I don't know why he felt the need to do I that. It's like either. whatever. It's just a random guy that's He's in like, like a bodyguard or something. Five scenes or yeah. something. Now, one other thing I noticed, and and I didn't get this until the credits. So one of the executive producers is a guy named Peter Billingsley, who was also in the movie as a minor character. Okay. He was the kid in A Christmas Story. Oh. <laughs> And I know that he's gone on to have this career as a writer and a producer, and mm-hmm. I, he might have had some other writing-producing kind of credit on this as well, but I, I need to go back and see what role he played in the movie. <laughs> but apparently he's a big comic book fan, so he must have been very um, jazzed to be involved in this. But yeah, right. I think he's one of the executive producers. Cool. So that was neat? Yeah, I think that um, probably in the same way, that's kind of what Favreau wanted, right? Just, yeah, yeah, just to do it. seems it. like when we heard him talk at, at uh, the con that he just... I don't know if he... I, I don't remember this, but I feel like he said he hadn't been a huge Iron Man fan, but became one yeah, by, like, doing so. tons of yeah, research. Yeah, he was a comic and, fan, but right. he, had, he was a DC guy more than a Marvel That's guy. Right. Yeah. And he just really threw himself into the history and the mm-hmm. comics of and the themes of Iron Man, and it shows. Yeah. Like, it shows that he and everyone else working on it really learned the, what, what they had, you know, learned the story mm-hmm. and learned the, the comic. Definitely. So, I wanted to just quickly read um, an email that I got from my brother... Um, who, of course, I have his uh, his comic book collection, and, mm. and you know we're we are big comic fans together. So he sends me email, and it says, "Hi, two words, Iron Man." Really, I have more words, but those are the cool ones. I'd forgotten that I went through an Iron Man phase, but it's all coming back to me now. I wish we could see the movie together. Excellent fanboy websites outline the 25 or 26 different versions of the armor that Tony Stark has invented over the years. For a guy with a bad heart, he sure has a lot of energy. <laughs> And I think that's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. That just cracked me up. But, I, you know, I had read, um, in just looking through my live journal with different people, talking about the movie without the spoilers, and um, I forget who said it, but someone had said that they thought that Tony was kind of a boring character as far as hmm. who he was in the Marvel Universe. And I don't remember him being really boring, but I do remember that um, he was definitely more interesting when he was Iron Man sometimes than when he was Tony Stark, because... Mm. You know, Stanley had originally set him up as, as they say in the movie, the guy who had everything. Yeah. And then he loses everything, and he's going to die, and he has to have this change of heart and all that. Um, and I know that until recently, they had portrayed the Tony Stark character as kind of flat. You know, he was just a rich white guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really glad that in this movie that they went way beyond that, and they made Tony a really interesting character. Yeah. It's not just Iron Man as a character, but it's Tony Stark as the interesting right. guy. They gave him death depth mm-hmm. and the depth really translates into the the hero mm-hmm. right the the armor yep and like i you know I, I can't help keep kind of bringing this back to batman begins but i feel that they did the same thing with bruce wayne in that mm-hmm. you know, they gave him such depth with and it's it, in both cases it's all about that upfront 30 45 minutes mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with the hero you don't see the, i mean i guess at the end of the this one you got to see the first the mark 1 but it's really important that we see what causes the transformation. And I think it's what makes both of these movies so fantastic. Some people might whine, I guess, that, you know, it's 45 minutes, just get to the good Iron Man banging on things. I feel like you kind of have that in a few other movies, so Mm -hmm. Fantastic Four 2, and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, you just kind of jump into the... And then it's lots of great scenes and their powers and stuff, but without the, the... plot development and the character development. It, yeah. it, it's just not as good of a movie. Well, the other thing that, that, that the upfront section of this did, um, they spend a lot of time right in the very beginning of the movie talking about what a brilliant guy Tony Stark mm-hmm. is, that he's this inventor and he graduated at 17 from MIT and they had photoshopped That's all right. these pictures of him with <laughs> Bill Gates and stuff, which is funny. Real actual pictures of Robert Downey as a child right. photoshopped in with other people. Um, and, and I think it really makes the point that it's not that he's just a rich guy. It's that he's a really smart guy. Yeah. And as they say in the movie later on, you know, he was in a freaking cave and he managed to invent this suit and keep this, um, invent this thing to keep his heart pumping in a cave right. <laughs> with the most primitive of materials. I mean, he's really a brilliant, brilliant guy. And that's yep. why he's able to do this. It's not that people do it for him, that he does it all for himself. Right. And that's the really important part of the superhero-ness for him is just that he does it himself. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's kind of important element is that he's 
he's kind of able to do things on his own and able to be this smart person. And then he has to use his smarts to yet again kind of eliminate the things that his smarts created, mm-hmm. i.e. the ironmonger. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. Like, he's constantly paddling, in a way, his own smarts. Yeah. Right? It's and, and it's back to that theme again, you know, like you can't control the technology, it's just who has it. Right. And that's what it does. So I also want to say that this movie, I think, has one of the things that I always want to see in superhero movies, which is that um, mostly in superhero movies, you see superheroes either fighting supervillains or um, fixing problems that they created. So in the first Fantastic Four movie, there's that whole scene on the bridge where yeah. they have to save the firemen and all the rest of it. They created that problem. That was yep. a, t- a thing that they did Absolutely. all by themselves. In this movie, we see Iron Man um, fly to Afghanistan, mm-hmm. supposedly, to save some villagers from a bad guy. Now, um, the bad guy isn't someone he created. He might have enabled this guy a little bit, That's but right. he didn't create that guy. He didn't create that problem. But he really was just fighting for some common people who didn't have anybody else to stand up for them. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because they even show that the government was monitoring the situation and mm-hmm. still didn't have the clearance to go in and do anything. Yeah. And, and yeah, in a way, I mean, he's like a benevolent vigilante. Yeah, exactly, which is part of what the superhero thing is about. That's about. what every superhero is. Yep. They're supposed to be... Um, bringing justice where justice isn't being served in the rest of the world. And I I just, I wish there was a little bit more of that, you know. That was kind of the whole thing about Spider-Man was that he started out just stopping crime, you know, in the three-block area around where he lived (laughs) in New York. It was just stopping muggers and stopping carjackers and doing all that kind of stuff. And that's the job of the superhero. It's it's not to fight supervillains all the time, but really Mm -hmm. just to right the wrongs that aren't happening in the real world. So I'm glad we saw some of that in this movie. Mm -hmm. That was good. It made me feel more satisfied. (laughs) Yeah, I just in general was very happy that... um, the movie progressed the way it did where you had um, I'm glad there wasn't a supervillain I guess yeah. uh, in a way it made it a little more believable which it's weird because it's totally <laughs> totally fantasy but I think that that was the problem with well also let me just step back I actually think what also helps make it a little more believable if you will is that it's like Batman a guy with some gadgets mm-hmm. and um you know, Fantastic Four and X-Men and Spider-Man, they're all, they all get imbued with power. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, the ones that just are the human guys that end up building really cool technology and get, I, I, I respond more uh, mm-hmm. better to those, I guess. Well, I think there's room for both. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love, I'll watch anything that comes out except maybe more Daredevil. <laughs> 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 no one wants to see another oh, Daredevil no, movie. I know. No Which, incidentally, as I mentioned, John Favreau is in that movie as Foggy Nelson. That's right. And it's just a terrible movie, and he's very bad in that movie because whoever the director was a guy, the director was one of those guys with three names, which means he's probably a serial killer. <laughs> um, and it was just badly directed, and yeah, just bad all around. Yeah, but, yeah. The only oh, so just to just to defend the movie and five seconds the only part I actually thought was not terrible about that movie and maybe it's because I think he's hot is Colin Farrell as as a bullseye it just he, he took it over the top and mm-hmm. it was the only thing that was actually done kind of well you know I think it was what was he did, he did some weird thing with his lips like maybe he licked his lips or he just got a weird mm-hmm. eyes every day and he just made the character very crazy mm-hmm Everyone else was so bland and yes, boring. Yes, exactly. That... He was the liveliest thing in the movie. <laughs> right, that right. is true. That is very true. But, um, so, as for previews, we had the non-preview previews, which just big commercials for Speed Racer, yes. which is we're going to we'll watch next, next week, weekend. Yeah. Uh, we saw Hulk, uh-huh. which looks better. It's funny. I read somewhere that they were this that someone, this reviewer or whatever, thought that they were just starting over from scratch. But that's not true. He's in South America, just like at the end of Hulk hmm. 1, he goes to South America to try and figure his thing out. So that's that's where this movie starts hmm. now. It's a whole new act, and a whole new actor, but I think it's picking up hmm. pretty much from where I left off. Yeah. I don't know yet, but it looks like it might, and I actually think it looks pretty good. Um, I wish they weren't just using his blood to create another super soldier just like they did in the first movie. I mean, I guess the government didn't do it last time. His dad 
Did you see Hulk? No, I saw okay. parts of it. I saw the lake. So in the first Hulk, essentially, right? His dad steals some of his, you know, special radi- radiated uh, blood or whatever, and turns himself into a, an ele- electrical beast or something. I don't remember. It's stupid. But that's basically what happens in this next one. I mean, mm-hmm. from the trailer, they're trying to stop the Hulk, and they decide, oh, well, the best way to do it is to take some of his blood and put it in this good soldier of ours, and yeah, they, it, it's, it's like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess it's hard, because the Hulk can withstand any human thing, mm-hmm. so what else are you going to do? You have to create a villain that can actually stand up to him. I hope he says Hulk smash, though. It'll that be would bad be if he doesn't awesome. say Hulk smash. It would be so good. <laughs> but he looks like a kinder, softer Hulk. Because he's sitting on that ledge. That's with right. Yeah. Liv Tyler, I think. Yeah, it is, is Liv Tyler, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Big old lips. So yeah, that <laughs> that looked pretty that. interesting. And um, Batman Begins. And we saw the that which looked really good. Now the thing for the Hulk looks what we saw in the theater looked like the same thing that's online that we watched a couple weeks ago. Yeah, right? a little different. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little different. Okay, but there were no big different no, there was surprises. No, there was no, there was nothing new. It almost looked like it was less than what we saw mm-hmm. online. Okay. And then the Batman Begins one was just a little bit longer, and it had some funny stuff in it, which was good. Right, right. Yeah, I think that... Um, I almost don't want to see any more Batman Begins trailers at all. Like, I just want to be ready to be wowed and, and not have any inkling of how the story's going to go. What's that? Um, what's the other one? There was... Oh, they didn't show the one we were hoping to yeah, see, which is the trailer Hancock. for Hancock. I actually think that'll be a great movie. I really do. I was just watching on the the plane coming back from Denver yesterday the um, the Will Smith True Hollywood Story, <laughs> and you know I have to say that I was never a huge Will Smith fan, I, but then I was reminded of all the good movies he's mm-hmm. done in the last you know five or well since ninety nine or two thousand and okay I, wow yeah <laughs> so. well he's a good serious actor he was in um what was that Six Degrees of Separation where he plays the son of Sidney Poitier. I wonder if I'm getting the title of that movie right. Maybe, I don't know. It's a great movie, and he's really good. It's drama. It's a a total drama, but it's really good. Well, I guess the one I saw have not seen, and I just was reinforced yesterday by watching this little uh, biography, was uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. Right, that was supposed to be very good. That he accident with his son, and Mm -hmm. that, you know, I really want to see. And then they did call out that he was on this, you know, just uphill swing and then he did Wild Wild West which was a flop and he turned down the Matrix he turned down the Neo roll to be in Wild Wild West well sometimes you know you yeah. make these bad decisions you can't always look to the future yeah. it's just whatever seems good to you but it's funny um, we neither one had heard about Hancock no, until one of our all. co-workers said hey did you see that yeah. trailer for that Will Smith superhero <laughs> movie <laughs> like what, what? I know. There's a big poster for it in the, yep. the theater that we were in today also. Um, I wanted to say one more thing before we wrap it up, which is that um, we were in Las Vegas last week That's for right. a company thing. And um, we had a good time. You know, we, we did the usual Vegas kind of stuff. We had a fancy meal and all that. But I think the most fun that you and I had oh, yeah. was that we went to the arcade in the New York, New York thing. This is the best. <laughs> it had all the usual arcade stuff in it. You know, there were driving things which I'm and terrible shooting at. things and stuff. But we found the Star Trek machine. The, uh, Voyager. Voyager, where you get to sit inside of it. It's set up kind of like a driving machine, but it's for two people, and you get inside, and there's a big screen in front of you, like a windshield, yeah. and you get a gun, and you get, you get to shoot the Borg. Yeah, it was and, so cool. And you had to constantly click off the screen to recalibrate your phaser because they were adapting. Just like in the show. So freaking cool. It was great. We played a bunch of times. And I have to say, I was annoyed because the one time that we played where we made it to the bonus round... Yeah. Um, it was, it was much like a carnival game where it there were rocks. Up, yeah, yeah, there was a Borg popping up behind it. And my gun wasn't wasn't aiming. It wasn't tracking properly, so I couldn't shoot it. So <laughs> I, I felt like I let us down because I could have gotten a much higher score if my gun had been tracking the properly. The only thing I felt annoyed about by that bonus round was they it wasn't hard enough because they just kept popping up in yeah, the same exact same six thing, places. So you just had to hold your gun still and shoot yeah. when the guy came out. Yeah. But it was awesome. It was that was totally a great game. Fun. I've I, never seen that game before. I haven't either, and I would have played that game... All night. I know, we I, ran I mean, out of money. I, I would have gone back, you know, had we stayed longer to play that game some more. Voyager. That was amazing. Although I did keep shooting some of the crew, including, Chico- not Chicote, but... Um, Who got in front of you? What's the Vulcan guy's name? Um, Tuvok? Yeah, I kept shooting him. Oh, well, and, you know, and Kim. I shot him a couple collateral times. Collateral damage. If these people wander in front of you, that's their right? own problem. I mean, there's a Borg and there's <laughs> me. Why are you going to run in front of us? Got to shoot the Borg. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> 
I didn't see seven of nine anywhere. She was right at the beginning oh. when they had the introductory uh, data stuff where they were okay. telling us, you know, oh, the Borg have invaded the ship. There's been a whole breach and blah, blah, blah. She was there. But then I didn't see her in the context of the game. And Janeway was only there at the beginning That's as right. well. That's right. It was only the secondary characters because <laughs> they're not going to get those people blown away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was totally So awesome. if you're ever in Las Vegas and you want something fun to do. And it was at the. It was at New York, New York, wasn't it? Um, it was pa- it was like back from where the roller coaster was that we didn't go on. Yes, yes, you're right. It was in New York, New York. Mm-hmm. Where I, I posted this on the blog, the uh, ashtrays and garbage cans downstairs in the casino are shaped like Daleks from Doctor Who. <laughs> I took a picture for proof. That's so, true. I don't think I'll ever go back to Vegas again. <laughs> it was so dry. It's dry, and yeah, I don't gamble, and I don't particularly like to drink. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I will drink. I mean, you can force me to, but... Yeah, other than that. Well, you did the Star Trek experience once. I did the very first really time cool. I ever went, which I loved. Yeah. Maybe if I go back again, I'll do that. <laughs> be the highlight of my next trip if I go. <laughs> and then go play the, the Star, the Star Trek, Trek game. game. Okay, I agree. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. They should bring you free drinks while you're in the arcade like they do in the totally. casino. Totally. I'm putting the same amount of money in. Totally. <laughs> I, absolutely. And I would play longer if I were drunker. That's because right. I would... You would just be playing. Losing faster. Like, Please give me a bucket of quarters and a free drink, and I'll totally. be there all night long. That'd be great. Um, okay, so in conclusion, what a fucking great movie, I think. It was the best one in a while. Yes. So we can unreservedly give it a strong, strong recommendation. Absolutely. All right, well, that's it. Next time, Speed Racer. Speed Racer. Whee! Just do